Welcome to a special edition of our Make the Future podcast. In our first series, we had several of the Faculty of Engineering alumni tell us just how important participating in team projects had been for them during their studies, in particular uh, competition teams, engineering professional competition teams. We had a couple of teams that did really well in 2019. So with the school year starting again a couple of weeks ago, we wanted the chance to sit down and to talk with some students from our teams. Um, I'm going to be joined for these two special episodes by Patrick Dumont, who's a professor in mechanical engineering in the faculty in the faculty here and very much involved in supporting the student teams. So he's going to co-host the episode with me and we will be talking with our super mileage com competition team and also our rocketry team and really find out what the experience was like, what they've learned, what are the challenges are and where they're going in the future. To own the future, we need to do more than just see it. We need to make it. Today we're recording a special podcast. We're meeting the, the members of the uh, Faculty of Engineering Rocketry Club. We're joined by Manit Ganoya, who is the co-founder of the Rocketry Club. Welcome, Manit. Thank you. And we are also joined by Andrew Zavarotny, who is the, the team lead of the Rocketry Club. Welcome, Andrew. Thank you. And my co-host today, just like the second, the previous recording that we did, is Patrick Dumont, who is a professor in mechanical engineering and who is seriously involved in the teams. Good morning. So uh, you just revealed that we're recording this in the morning. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're you're going to make me get up this early? I'm going to reveal that we're doing <laughs> you're it in the morning. You're going to reveal everything. <laughs> so how about we start at the beginning? Manit, you co-founded this team. Why? Um, yeah, good question. I, I don't know if there was any particular why it was just me and uh, a friend um, and we kind of got together we saw this competition happening out in Utah uh, where there was a bunch of people just launching rockets and we thought that was interesting uh, we were in second year at that point and we had no idea uh, about anything about rocketry much less engineering in general so <laughs> um, we, we thought it would be a good experience to kind of take on this challenge to, to build rockets, go out to a competition, meet other people. And I think we were both interested in aerospace in general. So it was like, oh, okay, it kind of matches our uh, career goals, so to speak. You say both. So you were already there, Andrew? No. It was somebody else? It was, was yeah, Nick, Nikhil Perry. Okay. When did you get involved? I got involved also in my second year, uh, 2017, I think. So this would have been a year after. Okay. The, the team was founded. Okay, yeah. that was like two years ago or something like that. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Time flies. All, all I remember is a student coming to my office and being like, I want to start a rocket club. And I was like, why not start a rocket club? That's so cool. Okay, yeah. okay. revelation time. And I want you ex to explain how this changed. Two years ago, my first autumn here as Dean of Faculty of Engineering, the Rocketry Club scared the bejesus out of us. We were terrified that you were going to kill yourself, the blow yourself apart. The, our health and safety and risk assessment manager was tearing his hair out. He was terrified because we were imagining you on a gravel road with the rocket fuel in the backseat because we were getting weird signals from you. And now, in the spring, you guys finished. How did you finish in the competition? Yeah, so uh, this this past competition, we placed fourth in our category. That's a, out of about 50 contestants or teams. And, and that's like North America. That's all o international. Over the world. Now. Over the world. Yeah. Yeah. So and how did you turn around from our 
scariest Halloween-like team into one of our really best and, and one of the teams we're most proud of. How did that happen? Uh, I think at some point you wanted to test a, a, a rocket engine on the back lawn of one of our buildings. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. I remember that very, very well. So, so is it Andrew that saved you when you started? Oh yeah, it must be Andrew. It must be Andrew. I, no. This is actually exactly when I joined right yeah. during yeah, this kind of yeah. sort of perilous time. So I, I think the, the main thing that we did at that point is that, that we really scaled back uh, the, the challenges, and we decided to focus on mainly the rocket itself okay. to solve the, the other challenges of building a rocket before tackling the engine specifically. Yeah. I, I think, you know, it, rocketry itself, it's, um, it's, got a, it's got a sort of notion of explosiveness. And uh, the, the beginnings of rocketry started with people building the liquid engines. And, you know, we, as rocketeers, uh, want to accomplish something similar in the end. Uh, and that's why we were working on our own hybrid engines. Uh, but like Andrew said, yeah, there's there's much more to rocketry. There's the flight aspect, there's materials, there's structures, uh, avionics and all that stuff. So we just kind of transitioned. How about, Andrew, you, you describe a little bit that the competition. What are you being assessed on? Uh, there, there's quite a few things. So it ran, well, the main kind of goal of the competition is to reach a specific height that is around 10,000 feet. You can kind of, you have a little bit of leeway to say, if your simulations are saying, Hey, we're going to go 10,250 feet. You can tell the competition okay. and say you arrive at that. But uh, it's not but the highest rocket that wins. No, because you can just strap a bigger motor on yeah, and then you go higher. Yeah. It's a much bigger challenge for you know precision and yeah. So it's it's trying to achieve the height you're you said you're going to achieve, right? Exactly. How closely you meet your, your exactly. Uh, and then specs. past that, there's all the you know creativity, innovation. What what new are you bringing to the table? And what is on your rocket that isn't on every other team's rocket? Okay. And how successful are you with okay. implementing those uh, yeah. those technologies? There, there's actually the competition is quite interesting in that respect because they they do award more points if you've built more things yourself, if you design more things yourself. Uh, and what kind of things you've tried experiment that are experimental versus that, that are you know typical. Um, so we do get awarded for doing quote unquote crazy things. You literally <laughs> have like a break on the rocket, right? A kind of a break that opens up to slow yeah. it down and stop it. You have to think about that. You have to bring the rocket back down too. Yeah, we have to make sure that it comes back in the correct well, amount of pieces. Well, so, so, so it so always comes I, down. That's yes. one of the. <laughs> I think that's one of the differences from last year's attempt versus this year's dis attempt. Right? Is is your successful ability to Bring recover rocket your rocket? Back? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like I mentioned, it always comes down. It's just the the method it comes down is different. So yeah. we'd like it to, uh, you know, be slow and gentle. Uh, and last year that was not true. It came down. Uh, th they call it a ballistic descent. Ooh, um, okay. Which That's is very uh, descriptive. As yeah, a yeah. yeah, it's Third essentially day. a nosedive, and then it hits the ground, big puff of dust everywhere. Okay. Uh, but this year, we actually did manage to make sure our ejection system. Uh, so last year, what happened was the ejection didn't charge, didn't work for okay. some reason, and the parachute just never deployed. Um, and this year, we fixed that. You so guys so you use a parachute to recover. It, yeah. it yeah. comes down exactly. nice and slow. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. But you also have innovation in the parachute itself, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm. Yeah, we do something interesting with our parachute. So... Uh, the competition wants you to fall at two different descent velocities because at higher altitudes, your 
there's a higher wind speed, um, and so you can drift downrange a lot, and they don't want that. So you want to come down quickly at the beginning exactly. and then slow down. Yeah, okay. and so the way we do it, most teams will uh, take two parachutes, one that's smaller and one that's bigger, and then they'll stage the deployment of those parachutes accordingly. Uh, we actually have one parachute, and we change the shape of that parachute to Very get cool. two different drag characteristics. Very cool. Yeah. Now, you talked about innovation, and we've been, I've had the chance to talk to a lot of people about innovation and how you build the teams and the approach. What's your team look like right now in um, terms of the, the participants, expertise, diversity, and what kind of a team do you have? I think the really unique thing with Rocketry is that we have an incredibly diverse set of both people from different faculties, uh, different disciplines within the faculties, and just people in, in general. Like, like uh, at least in the engineering perspective, we have quite a few mechanical engineers. We have people from electrical. We have people from software. We have people from chemical. Mm. So we, we're really trying to integrate almost all of the engineering aspects into that, that one rocket. And then beyond that, we're trying to collaborate with the Faculty of Science. Um, kind of a, a notable collaboration there is with uh, Professor Lenneville. Um, and she works with the Canadian Space Agency and NASA mm. to work with astronauts on the International Space Station and uh, specifically on their MARO project where they, you know, they do experiments on bone degradation and how that is affected in space. Mm. So it, it's really a, a unique opportunity where we get to collaborate with so many people and kind of bring in a lot of you know, ties. And in terms of students, we have, you know, anywhere from first year to, to last year, um, we there, there's actually quite a quite a few young students on our team, uh, and we feel that those people are, you know, that they're really the the people who will bring the new ideas, uh, and whether they're from engineering or not. Um, yeah, and I think and it's interesting because uh, you know, as, as we're indoctrinated in engineering, we we put so many rules and bounds on everything because you know we we know more we we're l more risk averse, say. Yeah, but, uh, sometimes. Sometimes, of course, you know, exceptions <laughs> granted, but. Yeah. But it, when you're just we're the rocketry team, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> explosion, yeah. But when you're new coming into engineering, you have all these crazy ideas that you know maybe might be that we won't think about, and and I think we really value we really value that, and that's pretty huge. Now this is not just a guy's team. No, no you have on, in addition to diversity, the years, the disciplines. You also have men and women in the team. You have a very diverse team. Yeah. So I I mean you know it is kind of tough. Being an engineering team, sometimes uh, it, it seems like there's a lot more uh, uh, guys on the team mm -hmm. uh, because the program is uh, very, I guess, boy dominated, so to speak. But uh, we, we don't, uh, we, we try to be as inclusive as possible. So we do currently have, um, you know, at least two leading uh, members who are females, and uh, we hope to bring more on, and we never try to, you know, disclude anyone. Like, How's recruitment been this year? Because the thing about our teams, right, is every year after the competition, <laughs> you lose a good part of your people who, for good reasons, they graduate, they yeah. leave off. So yeah. how has been, how's recruitment been? At least this year, you can show your rocket, right? Because it did not yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have, have a ballistic landing. <laughs> oh, that, that's always great. Actually, our nose cone from uh, the last year came back mysteriously as well. Oh, really? It's honestly the greatest mystery, mystery of, of all time. time. Yeah. That so, so somebody found it yeah. out there last year, yeah. and, and we found it in the lost and found box. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. It, it's an incredible mystery. <laughs> it we doesn't cannot... make sense yeah. because the lost and found box at the competition. At the competition, yes. yeah. Correct. Correct. So it was recovered last year, and you found this it this year. year. 
Well, they they might have found it this year. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I see. But yeah. It might have still been lying out there. Did it look like it has a year worth of wear and oh, tear on it? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But if it's a ballistic landing, yeah, that's that, the mystery. This is a mystery. It should be the first part that you'd has, think that it would mystery. be in a thousand pieces, <laughs> crushed into oblivion. It's still that's pristine, yeah. considering it's been out in the desert for uh, unbelievable for yeah. a month. <laughs> now your plan, or at least many when we spoke. You're not just trying to bring the team back to the competition every year. You actually have a long-term plan for the team. Yeah, and I mean, this is not only my plan. I think the entire team is very excited about this. So currently in the uh, uh, Rocketry student community, uh, there's something called the Student Space Race, where uh, a bunch of schools are trying to uh, design, build a rocket that passes the Kármán line, which is 100 kilometers uh, in altitude. That's the sort of arbitrary line that we've determined as space and not space. Um, so I think the University of Southern California was the first uh, to accomplish this with a uh, with their own solid rocket motor. Um, but there's other schools in uh, Europe and, and all over the place. For example, the University of Delft is trying to do it with their own hybrid engine. Uh, and they're probably going to launch sometime soon. So in, in the next you know, mm. couple of years, we want to learn how to build these bigger l- rockets and uh, what, w- what it would take for us to get into the, that race and really uh, accomplish a feat like that. So is he crazy? Uh, a little bit, okay. but not for the reasons you'd think. Oh, uh, actually, okay. I think <laughs> this is a surprisingly achievable okay. goal, yeah. I think. Uh, despite the many, many challenges that kind of lie ahead in the next like yeah. five years. And, and I think, you know, the team has a really good timeline for uh, using the competition to learn everything we need to learn in order to build the engine that we want to build uh, that would go to 100 kilometers. And some, some people have asked me, you know, why? Why would we do this? And I think the answer is because it's, you know, at first, the car teams, w- were they able to you know, do their laps in an X amount of time? Perhaps not. But as technology got uh, better, uh, there more of the advanced technology was available to them. Uh, and so the same thing can be said for any rocketry team. Um, as the rocketry technology gets better, um, it gets cheaper, and we also can start contributing to that. So who knows? Maybe in the future, student, students will be achieving orbit as well but that's yeah. so so out. will you be including a tesla in your rocket when you launch it into space <laughs> absolutely because <laughs> we, we do have a lot of contacts down at tesla <laughs> yeah uh you know there's like that small one you can buy the kids version. oh yeah probably put yeah. that on board yeah. packaging you know yeah <laughs> really easy you've been doing you've been spending your summers in this field many so so how about you tell us where where, where you've done internships and where you work yeah so I like to think about uh, anything that does things on its own as an autonomous system, or I would call it a robot, really. So the, the rocket is kind of a robot, even though some people would, would you know, not like me calling the ro- uh, rocket a robot. Uh, but that's kind of the field I want to uh, be in. And so I've, I've, worked, in, I've worked at uh, a company called Autonomous Marine Systems. We built autonomous sailboats. Then I was down at Tesla uh, working on electric vehicles. And then this past summer, I was at... Um, Jet Propulsion Laboratory uh, down in Pasadena working on some space robotics. So that was quite a lot of fun. And, um, you know, the skills that you learn on the rocketry team directly transfer to everything. And and the inverse is also true. Yeah, that I was interested in the inverse. You're bringing back presumably some knowledge and skills and how to do things to the team. Exactly, yeah. So um, I can give you a specific example. Mm-hmm. Um, 
my time at Tesla kind of taught me how to do something called uh, reduced order mathematical modeling for vehicles. And uh, that essentially means you take experimental data, put it into a, a simulation, and then run performance metric simulations on it. So you know, for the electric vehicle, it'd be things like, how far will my car go on this much charge of the battery? Or how fast will it go from zero, like, or how, how fast will it accelerate? Uh, for the rocket, uh, what we care about is how high it will go, for example. So we can, we create, we started to create this uh, six degree of freedom flight model uh, from scratch, and we're continuing to build that on so we can do simulation studies like that. Um, so that, that's a very specific example that you can bring back. So that brings me to a good question. How close were you, in fact, uh, to your predicted height this year at competition? Um, so we, we said we were going to aim for 10,000 feet, uh, and we achieved 9,250. Okay, that's, um, pretty, that's pretty close. It's, it's close, <laughs> but it's not good enough. Uh, we need to get better. Yeah, I think the top team came within... 20 feet 20 oh feet. really okay, yeah. wow holy yeah. cow but okay. that's that's actually really rare um, yeah yeah but yeah. still so they, they, yeah they, they might have been a bit lucky yeah that's what i was gonna say there, some yeah. of it is luck yeah. some of it is luck uh but i i do think you know we can get a lot better you can close Absolutely. in that yeah. gap and uh yeah. yeah patrick just are you finding ways to share with other teams what specific teams bring in terms of their approach and their in the way they're designing and engineering, because you get to interact with a lot of teams. Do we have that ability to share amongst the team the good practices? Yeah, so what's really great at our university, I think, is um, a lot of universities do have a lot of teams, but they kind of have them siloed in their own little areas, um, their own little garage bays or their own rooms on in a different building. And we have all our teams in, in one open space. And, and what I've found, and even talking to other universities, is that it really creates a collaborative nature. Pe like teams do develop expertise, even if it's from it, project management. We have some teams that are really, really good at project management. We have some teams that are really good at electronics, some teams that have developed a really high expertise in, in composite materials, for example. Mm. And I, I found that um, because they're all sharing this space, it's much easier for people to know who's good at what um, and, and have the conversations like, hey, we'd really like to, to build a, an air brake system using composite materials. Can you can you come show me how mm. how to do a, a, a Vardum layup or something like that? So um, I think it, it, it really gives the teams an opportunity to learn from each other and, and really to know who's good at what and yeah. who can they go get information yeah, from. Yeah, it's, it's in the John McIntyre team space and exactly. everybody has like a workshop and the ability, uh, some space and they can work. Of course, part of the reason we did that is because we were so afraid of the rocketry team. We wanted to bring them closer <laughs> so we could watch over them. them. Yeah. <laughs> Yet still we're hidden in a corner. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, <laughs> you're like hidden in a corner but right in the glass. So if we you can, can see you know. from the outside. Yeah. The great thing is we can see the food from uh, across the, when the people have conferences. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Sneak down. Right yeah. across. But, I am kidding, of course, but it is true. The reality that you guys went from basically not knowing this field and mm -hmm. trying stuff that was a little bit scary, and now you've brought rigor and you've brought structure and it, practices. It, it, it's and it's really that. amazing. I mean, uh, at the outset, um, I think it was a little bit of a team that was like, hey, let's build a rocket. It'd be really cool, too. You guys are like professionals now. It's mm -hmm. crazy. Um, it'd be... <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know about professionals, yeah, but I mean, we're better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you definitely have a system in place that that allows you to become better over time. Yeah. I think. And, yeah, and, and even your your objective of the hundred kilometer line, it is not 
crazy sounding now. I mean, we yeah. know you're on a path to try when, and when you guys first started, you wanted to build a hybrid engine right from the get go, and I yeah. think I think yeah. now you have a plan in place that's much more reasonable and much more attainable. Yeah. yeah. So and, I, and when you told me you wanted yeah. to go to space, now I, I wasn't surprised. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, I could see that happening over time. So I, I will say we did accomplish building a hybrid engine, although it would never fly. Um, <laughs> I think we were pretty proud of that. It would ignite, but it wouldn't fly? No. Yeah, so we actually have a video of the static fire hot... Like the static yeah, hot I did see that video, yeah. Okay. Um, it was quite incredible. So, you know, there is a trade-off between doing things in a rigorous way and doing things in a very quick way. So I think that first hybrid engine that we tested was done within six months of the team forming, which wow. was an incredible feat. Mm -hmm. But uh, like you mentioned, you know, it, it, it was done by some very... Um, amateurish methods uh and i think the balance there is is what we have learned uh between doing things quickly and doing things correctly yeah so. balancing where we can really cut the corners because we're you know a smaller team and where we can really amplify what is really important to make sure you know a making sure everyone's safe like on the, on the field and on the range but then also where we where we really need to put our resources to make sure that you know we have the most successful you know tests and yeah. operations that we can mm -hmm. so next year when is the competition it's in june isn't it yeah yeah so there's one competition in june that's our our main competition spaceport okay. america cup uh, which we've attended for two years now okay. and then there's another competition called the, the launch canada challenge which is happening in august of 2020 and that's kind of kind of the the Canadian teams have have long performed really well at uh, America at the at Spaceport America. Okay. And we've wanted our own competition um, for for quite a while, and this is uh, an opportunity that that we're being given by by Transport Canada and by the Canadian military, who's hmm. uh, who's supporting uh, this venture. And yeah. I think it'll be good for like Canadian rocketry in general. Yeah. Absolutely. The like the this. Canadian competition. So there's like a bunch of different categories in spaceport, right? Yeah. It, will the Canadian competition be similar? Or? Yeah, actually, yeah. I I think the Canadian competition is al almost geared to m that more towards our going to space goal. Okay. Um, yeah. as the the categories are laid out, um, so you have that that entry level challenge, which is kind of the the space that we've been competing in at spaceport. You know, you bring your own solid motor that you buy, and you go to around ten thousand feet, and that gives you a solid understanding of high power rocketry and what it takes to be in this sort of area. Then once past that, um, there there's a really large focus on developing your own engines, whether it be liquid or hybrid or, yeah, actually just liquid and hybrid, mm. um, and testing them at, say, Launch Canada, so de doing some demonstration hot fires, and then also um having you know being able to launch rockets to a higher altitude than say 30,000 feet um that that's kind of a goal that they have there. where do you test your systems your rockets yeah so um you know there rocketry in Canada currently is not as liberal as in the states so if if we go down to, if we wanted to do a, a hot fire test or a sorry a flight test of our of our big rocket that we take down to competition we can't do it in Canada okay um essentially the first time we fly is that competition wow okay. uh, but the systems that we do test like the recovery system the ejection all of that stuff can be done on the ground in a in various different manners my favorite personally is uh the the recovery test where we we find out the drag characteristics of the parachute what we do is we take 
Uh, we have a rig on the back of a pickup truck um, where the parachute attaches to a load cell, and we toss it out of the back of the truck, mm. uh, and we drive the truck at a certain speed, so the parachute is falling at that speed. Uh, and then we measure the force on that load cell, and that's how mm. we figure out how much drag we're going to expect. And we can do it multiple times. Weird looks when you're driving a pickup truck with a parachute hanging out. So the yeah, ideally, ideally we do this at on a on a, on a racetrack at Calabogie yeah. actually. Okay. Um, sometimes that's not always true, and we have to do it. I think this is where you have to stop talking. All right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I understand. You find a place yeah. where it's safe, and you can yeah. throw, throw the parachute out. But that means your modeling is absolutely critical because exactly. you're not yeah. actually well, testing the rocket. Exactly. In yeah. The way you're going to compete. And, and I think the especially that that mechanical modeling side. Yeah. You know, taking advantage of FPA analysis and really all all these kind of fancy industry tools that that we don't explore all that much in class just because we don't have time yeah. and 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 the use cases are pretty narrow. But yeah. for us, it, it's you know we have pretty complex geometries and we really want to bring our weight down. Yeah. So combining the right materials with the right amount of size for those materials that's a it's a huge part of what we do and really kind of nailing that down I, I think you know simulations only get you so far when that's you're building true. something you actually have to build it and um that's that's why we're trying to focus a lot more on testing yeah, yeah. Um, this is not easy you i suspect you spend a lot of hours preparing for the competition <laughs> so yeah. one or two yeah <laughs> rocketry club while you're doing your studies Advantage or disadvantage? Helping or unhelping? Oh, absolutely advantage. I I think I've learned, uh, like the, the amount that I have learned from Rocketry, from, you know, talking to vendors or through, say, tolerancing my parts so that they fit together or, you know, just making bigger design decisions. That, that has helped me both in the places at my co-ops and it has, you know, really really pushed me to be a better engineer. Honestly. Yeah. I'd like to clarify the question. Was it what, does it help with your studies Yeah, or? that, that oh. that's Okay. A... Um it's definitely Well, it was both. Yeah, I mean, okay. I, I like Andrew's answer. No, but... no, for sure. Yeah, I I agree with Andrew on that on that side. Um it, it's definitely a time consumptive activity and I think that it's tough for a student team to be as uh, you know, consistent as a as a company because you don't have the exact hours uh, and then there's you know midterms and finals which will throw off activities on the team uh, and sometimes you get to a point where you have a deliverable due for the competition the same day as a midterm and you have to now choose uh oh which one do I do and it's it's really tough sometimes to but that's what that's why there's more than you know three people on the team there, yeah. that there's an entire support structure of Everyone's kind of working together, making sure that if someone has something else to do on an academic side, it will be covered uh, by someone else. So, because I've I've talked to a lot of our alumni in the last year, and I can tell you that for all of them, being part of a team was one of the key things of doing their studies in the faculty. Oh, for sure. For their jobs, for their uh, yeah. ability to to be creative, to work in with other people, they all say. Teamwork, you know, learning to learn yeah. and being in yeah. teams. Exactly. That, Absolutely. That's the key to exactly. that. I guess calling yourselves rocket scientists, or I should say uh, rocket engineers, probably helps as well, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, for sure. I, I don't think, um, you, you know, 
in any interview I've had, they, they typically don't ask about previous job mm -hmm. or internships. Like they, they will, but not as much as they would ask about the rocketry team. Mm -hmm. Or, uh, and I'll generalize that, not as much as personal projects uh, yeah. because they know that you've done more work for that you know, personal project or team and you should know a little bit more. So it's clever to ask about that because if you're lying about it, then you'll find out real quick. Um, whereas if you're working at a at a job, you, they know that you're not the only one really working on that specific project or something. Like yeah, that. I think I think an important aspect of the projects is that you show your ability to work on something that nobody told you to do. Right? Exactly. It's, exactly. Yeah. You did exactly. it because you're interested exactly. in doing yeah. something yeah. in engineering. That's yeah. Yeah. you're passionate in the field and and you're really trying to make something that didn't exist before. And I think you know people like talking about rockets in general, so yeah. it it definitely helps for sure in terms of. It's a hot topic. It's a hot topic, yeah. literally sometimes. <laughs> Andrew and many thank you very much for joining us this morning. You're still recruiting, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So that's the message. If if anybody out there finds this exciting, just drop in to the John McIndyre team space. They can find you there, and uh, they're in the back corner, as we mentioned. They're in the back corner. <laughs> we've we've hidden them away. So, uh, <laughs> but they're in the middle of a big glass window. Yeah. So, so you can see them from the outside. <laughs> so good luck this year. Good luck in your studies. Thank I know you you're much. finishing this fall. I am. Yeah. And Andrew, you're in your last year. Uh, I've got about a year and a half. Okay, so yeah. so come and see Andrew and Manit. Talk to them. Um, if nothing else, you'll find passionate people who are doing really exciting things, and you'll probably enjoy the conversation. But look at the Rocketry Club. They're doing really well. Good luck next June. Yeah. But, I mean, there's a lot of time between now and then. <laughs> and uh, merci, Patrick. Merci. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Please subscribe to the podcast. We have more of those episodes in the making. And also, we have some extraordinary episodes last season where we talked to our students, our young alumni, our established alumni out in the industry who talk about their experience and who also talk about what they learned that was most vital and most important in terms of skill in order to be able to succeed in industry. Please subscribe to the podcast so you can listen to those episodes. And stay tuned because we have some really interesting episodes coming up uh, in the discussion about equity, diversity, and inclusivity. And uh, if you subscribe to the podcast, you'll be able to access them very simply.